Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. We're going to continue tonight through our study in the Psalms. So, please open your Bibles to Psalm 120. 120. Last time we got together and taught through, uh, studied through the Psalms, we studied Psalm 119. Can, kind of took you on a uh, speedy lesson through that long psalm. Now we're going to get into some psalms that are much shorter. Psalm 120. And just to give you a little background to the next grouping of psalms, these, the next 15 psalms are actually categorized as ascending psalms with the idea that they're to be sung or recited by the pilgrims that were journeying to Jerusalem for any of the feasts throughout the year. So they're going to be uh, titled Psalms of Ascents or Psalms in Hebrew of Degrees. Uh, that Hebrew word is uh, malaha indicating going up or ascending, going to a higher place. Can you put up one of the maps there, Pat? Yeah, okay. Uh, put that last one up, the one that has the actual topography. Okay, so as you can see, look, you can see that Jerusalem there is in the center. There's Mount Zion, Mount Moriah. You can see that there's all the, these mountains that the city of Jerusalem actually sits on. But then you can also see, see to the right, there's the Mount of Olives to the east, and there's mountains on either side. So it's a very unusual topography of, of this, the city of Jerusalem. It actually sits on a mountain, but it's surrounded by mountains. So there's all these valleys that run through. So from anywhere that you have to go to get to Jerusalem, you have to travel up. And so it's, it's sort of, like I said, it has a dual meaning. You're traveling up, yes, up the mountains into Jerusalem, but you're also traveling up to a higher place to worship. And so when the, when the people would travel to Jerusalem for their feast times, they would be traveling up to Jerusalem. Um, very strategic that the city of Jerusalem is sitting on the hills and the valleys. Difficult for the enemies to attack. And, of course, God always had his hand of protection upon the nation. Um, metaphorically, these Psalms of Ascents were also ways of describing thoughts coming up in your mind. So coming up in your mind, always thinking of the Lord, a mindset for the Jewish people and for us that uh, it was how important it was to gather together with fellow worshipers to give glory to God. And we'll see here that these psalms of ascents or journeying or, or traveling up, it was sort of a group praise to the Lord. And there was, there was gladness and there was joy about it because they were traveling together. It's like when we meet together, it should be a joyful thing. 
And, and you know, think of it as, as maybe we would be going to uh, a conference together or going to, you know, to, to see someone, a, a retreat together. Some way that we knew we were together, we were gathering together, we were going to praise the Lord, we were going to, to study His Word. So think of it in that same way that they would travel at these certain times together and they would go up and they would, uh, they would praise God um, during these times. And think of it also that how important it was for Jerusalem to be set in this, in this way, surrounded by pagan nations. So they needed to keep those traditions of going up to Jerusalem, keeping the feast times, keeping those times that the Lord had, had uh, decreed that they should all gather together. So the Psalms that we're going to be going through, we ho- I hope to get through about five of them, um, short Psalms, and they speak of uh, continuing to travel up. So think of the, each Psalm as another leg in our journey. As we go traveling to Jerusalem, with, the, with the, uh, the nation, with the people here, to worship the Lord. Think of it in the mindset as we're journeying together with them. So in Psalm 120, jumping in, a song of ascents. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, or what shall be done to you, you false tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree. Woe is me that I dwell in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. For I, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. So you see here the psalmist, he's sort of lamenting the fact that he is surrounded by pagan nations who don't know and don't worship the one true God. Sort of like how we are as Christians situated, for the most part, amongst unbelievers. You know, and, and how sometimes we feel like we're just surrounded by people who don't know God. You know, and the psalmist here is crying out to the Lord, sort of asking for deliverance from that, or maybe just, you know, strength perseverance, you know, to to live in a world that's so antagonistic to the things of God. So he's complaining about how the nations around him hate peace. And Jerusalem, you know, think about the the origin of the the, uh, city Jerusalem. It means city of peace. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And the psalmist here is saying, I'm surrounded by people who hate peace. Think about Jerusalem, I mean, throughout its history, really. They were always surrounded by people who hate peace. Even the peace talks are really, most most of the time, their antagonistic neighbors are just looking for a reprieve so they can replenish their stockpiles so they can have more to go in to attack Israel with. So they're always surrounded by those who hate peace. And again, relate that to ourselves. Surrounded by people who hate God, and we, we would cry out to Him. And we, we could and we should cry out to Him and say, and say, Lord, I am for peace. They are for war. Deliver me. Deliver our souls. We can cry out to the Lord. 
because we're surrounded by people who hate peace and hate you. Uh, Psalm 121, a song of ascents. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This psalm, one of my favorites, uh, Psalm 121, really a psalm that it's, it's only eight verses, really a psalm that I think that we should commit to memory because, listen, we... we we sometimes we're looking, we're searching, and we just need to look up to, again, we, we think about the hills of Jerusalem. The psalmist says, I will lift my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. So when we're in a desperate place, we look up to, to see the Lord. This psalm is often used to bring comfort to people that are in distress or in in a really difficult time. I used to pray this psalm with a friend of mine. Every time I speak to him on the phone, because he was battling cancer for a couple of years, and I would just, and he would get to know it. He would say, I know you're going to recite Psalm 121. I said, yeah, I am. Because it just brought comfort to him. And it was a way for me to just feel like I I was just pointing him back to the Lord. And he was always very faithful, but I think we all could use to be reminded. So again, staying with that theme of ascending, the psalmist looks up to the hills. Literally, he's saying, I look up to Jerusalem where God's presence dwells in the Holy of Holies. And he's asking, is this where my help comes from? And then he answers, yes, my help comes from the Lord. So for us, in all of our circumstances, Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. And I think this is reassuring for several reasons because first he says our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, there's really no more powerful help than that, than the creator of the universe. So we call out to him when we know that he'll help us. But boy, that's an awesome thing to know that he's the maker of heaven and earth. Secondly, our help comes from a God who will keep us secure, keep us stable in an unstable world. You know, just knowing that he won't allow our feet to be moved. You know, that he won't let us us falter. And thirdly, that our help comes from one who never sleeps. Who never sleeps. So anytime, day or night, no matter how tired you may be or how tired you know, your, your friend is that normally would help you, God is always there. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. You know, he's always there 24-7. So, and then he'll protect us from harm. I love that. I love that. It says, it says the sun shall not strike you by, by day nor the moon by night. You know, God's going to 
be our protection in all things. So we can look to the hills, we can look up, and we can get our help from the Lord and we can call on Him. So again, I think Psalm 121, just I, would, I mark that down as one of my favorites. Use it so many times. Psalm 122, continuing, a song of ascents. We're continuing our journey up to Jerusalem. A song of ascents of David. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes can go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, Peace be within you. Because the house of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. So the journey up continues. This next leg in our, in our trek up to Jerusalem with the nation. And I love this. The, the psalmist is expressing his pleasure in traveling with his fellow worshipers to go up to the city, to the house of the Lord, worshiping together, something that should be a joyful experience, something that we should look forward to. And, you know, Jerusalem is not really a very large city, so when all of the pilgrims would descend on Jerusalem for a feast day, it got very crowded there, compact together, it says. There, All the tribes going up, all the tribes of the Lord, the testimony of Israel going up to praise God and give thanks to the Lord. And then pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Again, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We still do that to this day. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we should be, Christians should be, you know, for, for many reasons. You know, our Savior is Jewish. And we should be thankful to the Jewish people for preserving the scriptures over the thousands of years that they have. We have God's word because they were very diligent in preserving the scriptures. And then, what does it say in Genesis 12.3? When God speaks to Abram regarding his covenant with the nation, God says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of earth shall be blessed. So for us to stand side by side with Israel, we know that there's a blessing that accompanies that. So God still considers them his uh, chosen people. And the promises that were promised to Israel will all be accomplished. And so we should stand side by side with the nation and with with individuals. And it says there, I will bless those who bless you. So we we need to be blessing that nation, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, Psalm 123, we keep moving along in our journey. A song of ascents. Unto you I lift up my eyes, O you who dwell in the heavens. 
Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their masters, as the hands of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorn of those who are at ease, with the contempt of the proud. So again here the psalmist looking up, looking up to the Lord, looking up to the hills, looking up to the heavens. Our focus always needs to be on the Lord. And I love the example that he gives here. As a servant looks to the hand of their master, you know, as a maid to the hand of her mistress, you know, that's where the servant got their sort of their marching orders from, you know, from their masters. They would look to their masters. They would look to see what the needs were. They would look to see the direction that they were getting from their masters. So the servants would always keep their eyes focused. You know, God forbid if they missed something, you know, that their master was, was looking for and, and they had, they, their attention wasn't on him. And so they were always focused. For us, our eyes, it says, need to be looking to the Lord for all things until he has mercy on us. You know, if, if God is giving us direction, is God, if God is giving us something to do, if, if by the Holy Spirit he's prompting us. So, you know, sometimes we get a little check in our, in our souls and we know that the Holy Spirit is telling us to do something. We need to be attentive to those, those things, always looking to the Lord to fulfill his will. And then he's going to give us mercy. He's going to give us grace because of that. You know, the people that don't know God will hate us, but God will give us mercy. So always keep our eyes focused on him. Uh, Psalm 124, a song of ascents of David. So we're traveling up. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So again, similar to Psalm 121 where we, we look up to the hills we, we, and our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. But like it says in, in Romans 8.31, what shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the psalmist is saying the same thing. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then they would have swallowed us alive. You know, men come against us. The Lord is with us. You know, and you know, sometimes we, we like to say, well, God, I want you to be on my side. I, I think I like to turn that around and sort of say, I'd rather, I'd rather be on God's side you know, let him be the captain of the team and let me just lead, just follow where he leads because he knows best. So our enemies serve at the pleasure of, of Satan, you know, but, but God is on our side. 
In 1 John 4, 4 through 6, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's a, that's a, a verse, again, to commit to memory. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. When you feel like everything's coming against you, know that the spirit that lives within a believer is greater than anything this world can throw at you. So, so yes, we should be on God's side and we should be grateful that he's on our side. When people come against us or try to trap us, God will give us a way of escape. So the psalmist here is offering praise to the Lord for his constant protection. You know, our help is in the name of the Lord. You know, God will not allow us to be snared by those who come against us because he'll always protect us. And then in in, uh, Psalm 125, this is our last psalm for the evening. A song of ascents, continuing our journey. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and those who are upright in their hearts. For, as, for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them away with the workers of iniquity. Peace be upon Israel. So uh, if you could put up that, another one of those maps there. There's, there's Mount Zion there, 2,500 feet. There's the seven hills of Jerusalem. Mount Olivet or the Mount of Olives to your east. Mount Zion there down the bottom. And the next one there, Pat, I think we're going to see all the mountains. Yeah, the mountains and then the valleys. Here's all your valleys. And then you have the eastern ridge, the Mount of Olives, Mount Moriah in the center, and then the western mountain ridge there. So you can see here that uh, it's surrounded by mountains. I love this. It says, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. You know, we who trust in the Lord are compared to a, a, a mountain. Mount Zion, the place where Jerusalem sits and where the temple was built. Mount Zion is mentioned over 150 times in the scriptures. In Psalm 87, it says, The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. Zion essentially means a fortress, a fortified city. And it refers in the scriptures both to the city of, of David and to the people and to the nation. So it has multiple meanings throughout the scriptures. And as we see the mountains surrounding Jerusalem, we know that God will also surround us says in verse 2 of Psalm 125, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. What a great picture of just the protection. You know, as the mountains surrounded that city for protection from enemies, God surrounds his people with protection.
When Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, Zion also meant to include the temple and all the surrounding area around it. Eventually, Zion was used for the name of the city, the nation, and the people. And in a spiritual sense, Zion is used sort of as God's spiritual kingdom. In Revelation 14, it says, Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Think about that scene there in Revelation, where Zion is a, refers to victory and strength. And then make application to our lives as believers. We have victory. We have victory over Satan because of what Jesus did at the cross. He's destroyed our greatest enemy, death. So nothing can come against us. Think about all of those things that God surrounds us with his protection from and how awesome that is, that we're never alone, you know, that we know that God will always be there for us. You know, one more reference to Zion as uh, Peter referred to Jesus as the cornerstone of Zion. In 1 Peter 2.6, he says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him, Jesus, will never be put to shame. So we just think about all of these images now. As we, every time we get together for the next few times studying the Psalms, as we continue our journey up to the city, up to worship the Lord, just think of all these images. Now you get a picture of what the city looks like, where, what its topography is like, and where it's situated, and how God was so perfect in how he planned it all out. He has the same desire to, to give you that sense of protection and strength and victory in your life too. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.